it's bird week. And I'm not talking about BGSU's big win over the Akron Zips. No, no, no. That's that's part two. I'm talking about it's Thanksgiving week. Time to break out the carving fork, the carving knife, and that gravy boat that you needed. Because it's Thanksgiving, baby. I cannot wait. Thursday is going to be absolutely delicious. Just like Saturday was absolutely delicious with BG beating the zips. And now get ready for some bulls. While Toledo beats Kent State and finally gets eligible for a bowl game. Ohio State stumbles and comes from behind and wins. As Michigan beats Indiana, and starts up Rivalry Week. The LOL Lions beat Carolina in those horrible uniforms. And the Jackets win and stumble in Toronto while the fish continue to swim upstream and so much more. So sit back. Relax. You got a big meal coming on Thursday. Because tonight I'm serving you up an edition of All Andy Alfred You Cannot Beat. Right here on the Anchor Network. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. 24 runs in the span. We're going to get shut out. Gambino! Hit to a home run. Yes, me. Choo choo, it's time for All Andy Alfred. I love you guys, and good evening to you, and welcome in to another edition of All Andy Alford right here on the Anchor Network, and you're listening to me on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, Stitcher, however you're listening to me, whenever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the program tonight on this, the 20th of November, 2018. Got a lot to get into tonight. Of course, we're going to recap the NHL as the updated standings, as well as talk a little bit about the walleye as well. And we'll dive into the NFL as well, too. But you can always be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford. So welcome into the program. Got a lot to get into tonight. Of course, you also heard in the opener that there is a breaking news, and I will pass that along to you here in just a little bit. But we'll start off with college football first and foremost. Talk about a, a team that has faced adversity. Talk about a team that fires their head coach, brings in a, a, a defensive coordinator at the beginning of this season, the head coach hires, the head coach gets fired, gets the new position as the interim coach. And gives the team actually a winning record with him being at the helm. That's right, a winning record. Both team the Bowling Green Falcons are two and two under Carl Pellini. I consider that a winning record right now. You're at 500 with Buffalo playing this week. But the big news, the big win on Saturday was was tremendous. Down 6-0, the team faced adversity and got the points on the board to get the 7-6 lead going into halftime. And then Andrew Clare stepped up to the plate, ran the football, Daggy having a good game. Scotty Miller and Quentin Moore stepping up to the plate. And Bowling Green gets the win. 21-6 over Akron. Daggy, good game for him. 19 for 27. 180 yards, 2 TDs, 1 INT in the game. Andrew Clare, 12 carries for 112 yards, no TDs in the game. Quentin Moore, like I mentioned, 3 catches, 30 yards, 1 TD. Scotty Miller, 6 catches, 
102 yards, one TD in the game. For Akron in the game, Nielsen was 12 for 28, or 148, no touchdowns, no INTs. Edwards, 18 touches for 69 yards, no TDs in the game. Bennett, Taylor Bennett, two catches, 42 yards, no touchdowns. Smith, three catches, 37 yards, no touchdowns. Here's the breakdown. Now, here's the breakdown of the situation. BG had 22 first downs to Akron's 15. On third down, BG was 8 for 14. Akron, 1 for 13. That shows you how good the defense has gotten a lot better. Total yards. BG had 401. Akron, 227. Terry Bowden was upset by this game. The week before, he had an absolutely tremendous performance. The week before. As they beat... um, As they beat... uh, I forget off the top of my head. They beat up on... On... uh, Oh my god, I saw it off the top of my head. But anyway, I digress. 227 yards of total offense. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 148 of the year. 79 yards on the ground for Akron. That shows you that this defense is better. Absolutely better. The younger guys are getting better. With right leadership at the helm. Right leadership at the helm. BG, like I said, 401 yards total offense, 180 through the air, 221 on the ground. Penalties, penalties, penalties killed again. Eight penalties for 70 yards for Bowling Green. Eight penalties, 61 yards for Akron. The problem was Daggy turned the football over too many times by the count of two to Akron's zero. So BG getting the win at Akron getting their third win of the year. They beat Central. They beat Eastern Kentucky in Akron. That's three wins. You play Buffalo this Friday. And the final game of the season at Doit Perry Stadium for the seniors. It's great to see. you know. And here's the thing. Daggy's I didn't realize this. Daggy's a sophomore. We got two more years with Jared Daggy at the helm. I love this kid. This kid is going to play on Sundays. I see it happening. He could be an absolute dynamite quarterback. He is there. The product is there. Andrew Clare, the product is there. Quentin Morris is going to be playing on Sundays. Scotty Miller, definitely. The question is, can they prevail against Buffalo, who is playing for the MAC East Championship? A win for Buffalo clinches them a spot in Detroit against NIU for the MAC Championship next week. Next week. They got to play this week. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Pelini did meet with the media on Monday. The final press conference... the second to last press conference. He'll have a closing press conference on Monday of next week. But this is the final news conference for this week with the uh, with the football game ahead. Uh, you'll hear him talk about about the, the team and the adversity, and also for the seniors this upcoming year. And check, listen to his demeanor when he's when he's talking because it seems something is off. With him. Something is like totally off. But like I said, every Tuesday on All Andy Elford, we play you the Coach Polini press conference from start to finish. And this is courtesy of the Bowling Green Athletic Department. And here he is, the interim coach, Carl Polini. This is your senior's last chance to play. And you guys were at one point, you know, one and eight, you guys were out of the race. You guys, this team hasn't played like there was nothing to play for. How much do the seniors have a role in that? Uh, 
they've had a big role in that, you know, and they bought in. I, you know, I, I keep telling them how indebted I am to them, you know, at a difficult time when I took over the interim role. Um, they've really shown great leadership. Um, they've done everything I've asked of them. They've been great role models for the younger guys. And, and I challenged them. I said, I said to them, you know, you're not playing for a championship anymore. You're not playing for a bull berth. But what you are playing for is Bowling Green football. And I said, all the success that happens here in the future, you can feel like the, the, the final four or five games of this season laid the foundation for that. And when you come back and, and watch this team play, you can feel good about that and that you were a big part of that success. Conversely, Buffalo is playing for a championship this week. What is it like for the guys being in the game that probably will decide a lot going forward? Well, I think that's, you know, that's always a big challenge. Um, you know, they'll give us their best shot, but, but you know, I know um, Coach Leipold very well, worked with him at Nebraska, and I'm impressed with how his team plays week in and week out. And, I, you know, I, they were going to show up ready to play regardless of the situation. Um, certainly, um, they're a very good football team, and they're going to come in and ex execute, and we've got to play our best game and see if we can eliminate some of our early game mistakes and put four quarters together and just see what happens. What do you think has been the biggest difference, Coach, over the last uh, four or five weeks with uh, the growth of this program and the success that you've had over Um the, uh, the energy, you know, the energy on the team, the energy in the locker room. Um, there's no quitting these guys. Um, I've really seen them come together as a football team. Uh, one thing that, you know, despite all the plays, the great plays that happened on the field on Saturday, one thing that really make, makes me proud is when the defense was had their backs against the wall in the red zone, every offensive guy was off the bench and on the sidelines and, and jumping up and down and cheering them on. And when our offense was going on their drives and, and, and about to score, every single defensive player was engaged in the game. And you don't always see that in college football. And I, and I think there is a, a unique feeling of familiness and togetherness that has resulted from all this. And I'm very proud of that. And I think, like, like I said earlier, I think the seniors are a big part of that. Coaches are a big part of that. And, and every player is just engaged and, and willing to go out there and do his role, whether it's one snap on kickoff or, or someone who's going to play every single day. These guys are preparing like professionals, and very proud of that. You get more and more guys involved in the, in the game as well, both sides of the ball. Does that have something to do with, you think, the... I think so. I, I think that was something that, uh, again, I, I challenged our coaches to do when I first took over was, you know, we've got guys that aren't contributing, that should be contributors. Let's find a way to get them in the game. Let's find a way to get them involved. And certainly when you start spreading that engagement out across your roster, everybody gets excited. Everybody sees an opportunity. And everybody knows that effort and good practice is going to be rewarded with some playing time on Saturday. You've mentioned, you know, especially after these last two weeks, being able to get wins, how happy you've been for the players and everything they've been through. Um, how much of an effect have they had on you personally as a coach? Um, a, a huge effect on me, you know, and, and, and I think throughout my career I, I, can, I can point to just those teams that just had a special impact on you as a person, and this is one of those teams. I mean, it would have been really easy to turn in the towel about midway through this season, and and they didn't, and and they've stayed engaged, and and they're clapping every morning at 7 a.m. like we're still playing for a conference championship. And you know, I, I told them after the game, I, I I can't be more proud of of what they've done, and and how they've approached it. And it doesn't matter if they go on to play in the NFL or, or go on to work, at, you know, as an accountant. It really doesn't matter. The lessons they learn this season are, are going to carry through the rest of their lives, and they're going to have stories to tell their kids about how to face adversity and never quit. And just very proud of that. It's kind of a strange week. It's a short week. It's the Friday right after the holiday. Do you kind of open the whole playbook for a game like this? I hope we open the whole playbook every week, but um, leave no stone unturned. And, and 
you know, uh, that's something that, that we try to do every week. It's a little more difficult. You know, Mondays for us is usually a day where we spend 12 or 14 hours just game planning and before our Tuesday practice. And, you know, we've lost that. And, but my experience is, you know, I've played short weeks before. You kind of feel rushed and a little bit harried and, and not quite as prepared early in the week. But as the week goes on, you kind of catch up, you catch your breath. And, and typically by the time the game starts, you know, you're every bit as prepared and every bit as locked in as you are any other week. So, um, you know, I've got some young coaches on the staff and we had a staff meeting yesterday and I, I just tried to assure them, hey, I know it feels rushed. Let's get practice planned. Just keep on the film and, and we'll catch up Tuesday. We'll, we'll, we'll catch up Tuesday, Wednesday, and you, you'll feel good going into the game on Thursday or Friday. And I, and I believe that. Do you have more than the minimum amount of defensive linemen available on Friday? Yes, uh, you know, um, we're going to get some guys back this week, which is great, and uh, um, feel like hopefully we'll have our full complement of players going into the game. When you're playing a program like Buffalo, Coach, they've had so much success this year. They've stumbled just late. Do you, do you, when you're game planning, do you look at that game in particular and see maybe some opportunities there? Are you looking at the totality of what they've done this year? Um, I look at the totality of what they've done this year. You know, it, a, a lot of college football is about matchups and and certainly you know Ohio had a great game against Buffalo but they're a very different team than we are just in terms of what they do offensively and defensively and we try to look at what they had success doing and see if it applies to what we do but the worst thing that you can do is is try to mimic what another team does and and so you just got to go out and establish your game plan, what your guys know how to do. And, and that's something that I, I think, you know, our offensive staff and defensive staff has done a really good job of the last few weeks is stick to what we know and let's just execute what we know and make them stop us and not stop ourselves. And that's a key to good football, you know. And um, as I said, we'll study those games. We'll study those teams that had success against them. But at the end of the day, it, it comes down to, what our players know and what they believe in and what they're confident executing. And those are the things we're going to stick with. So you just heard Carpolini and, you know, like I said, his demeanor is a little bit different in this, in the press conference. You know, he talks about the seniors talking about having the face adversity. He also talks about how they could be some of you, some of these players will be playing on Sunday in the NFL and some of them will be bank accounts. They're just learning the process and everything like that. Um, he's a good coach. He is really a good coach. But I told you I have some breaking news to pass along. Okay, so this came across the Twitter accounts this afternoon from I will this is from Thomas Schmeltz. He is the sports writer, sports editor for the Central Tribune. Uh he is also for the sports editor for the Central Tribune out of Bowling Green. Out of Bowling Green, okay? So here's the situation. He got a report today, and he's not in I'll read the tweet for Venom. I'm not into speculation, but I'm but I guess today I am but I guess I am today. Two accounts. That special teams coordinator, Brian Poland. Brian Poland followed. The, those are just two of the BG-related accounts he follows. And you're asking yourself, who is Brian Poland? He is the special teams coordinator for the University of Notre Dame, the third-ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And he was also the former coach of the Nevada Wolfpack. Yes. Nevada Wolfpack. He is a down-to-earth guy. He, he, you know, the special teams for Notre Dame has been tremendous. He is he's apparently following BGSU. He's also following BGSU football. He's also following a few other ones, the Central Tribune, of course few other accounts he's not following mine so 
I, 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 you should be following mine at all, Andy Alford, Brian. But Brian is 23 and 27 when he was the head coach of the Nevada Wolfpack. 23 and 27, one in one bowl games. To me, this guy, this guy is an interesting pickup if Bowling Green decides. We have never had a, a guy like this. You never had a guy like this. Looking at his resume, he was the special teams coordinator at Stanford 2010 to 2011. He was at Texas A&M. He was the head coach of Nevada from 2013 to 2016. He was also running backs coach at UCF in 2004. He has MAC experience. He was at Buffalo in 1998 and from 2001 to 2003. And like I said, his coaching record, he was also the, the GA at Michigan State in 97. He follows the coaching tree of Brian Kelly, of course, Nick Saban. He also follows Charlie Weiss, uh, Gary O'Connor, Craig Kilbis. Some of these names to pass along. This guy is... It's pretty good. He also, his son is a former National Football League executive and Bill Pullman. So is this a legitimate guy for this university? Is he a legitimate guy? I think he is. Notre Dame, Brian Kelly has the high integrity right now, with that, especially with them being third ranked in the country. And his special teams has been tremendous this year. So, this is all speculation, too. This is all speculation. But if Mooseberger is doing this, if he is going to pick up Poland, I will not be hesitated to say that this is a good idea. This was a great pick. Great pickup. But this is all speculation. We cannot we cannot confirm that Mooseberger is picking this guy. We cannot predict that this guy is doing it. But I'm just reporting this from, from the gentleman from the Central Tribune. In picking this up from Thomas Schmeltz. This is all speculation. I'm just going to keep saying it. It's speculation. Bellini is still the head coach of BGSU. He will coach the final game of the season at home against Buffalo this upcoming Friday. That's a noon kickoff on ESPNU. Now, here's the situation with our show. Our show usually tapes on Friday night. But with BG playing Friday afternoon... We will have a special version of All Andy Elford. Unfortunately, it will probably be a taped edition of All Andy Elford on the Anchor Network. We will not be having a Facebook Live show this upcoming Friday because of the holiday happening. We will be on the air on Thursday for a special edition of All Andy Elford to preview the BG game against Buffalo. We'll also have more information about this story that's new developing coming out of out of the BGSU football camp. But like I said, this is breaking news coming out from the Central Tribune's sports editor, Thomas Smeltz, that Brian Poland has followed two accounts on the Twitter account and a BGSU football, the university page, and a few other pages. Now, like I said, this is this is speculation. I'm not reporting this. I'm not saying that. You know, I give Thomas all the credit for this. When I saw this today, when I saw this today, I was, I was shocked. I I had to do research on this guy on on, on Poland, and I what I like, I like. Even though he's four games under 500, he's one and one in bowl games. I will definitely take it.
I will definitely take this guy because he has a track record and he's had some good coaching experiences with Brian Kelly, Charlie Weiss, Nick Saban, and a few other key pieces. So if if you, Jordan Strack, want to dig into this a little bit, I would be more than happy to listen to what you have to say about this. I would. More than happy. But like I said, speculation out of BG is that Brian Poland could be, could be in the consideration the special teams special teams coach for from Notre Dame could be the next head coach of BGSU. And, and, and we're now into this discussion now. I have to bring it up now. It's We're coming to the end of the football season. Now you have to make the decision. Looseberger has to make the decision. The donors and the administration has to make the decision on whether or not they're going to keep Pelini or not. This guy has a good track record. He's, the players like him. He's a front runner, in my opinion, for, for the coaching position. But it, it just depends for me. It really just depends. If the players want new leadership, let them get the new leadership. And let them take the position, take this, this guy out of Notre Dame who's got a, better, who's got a good track record. Pelini's got a track record at FAU that's pretty good as well, too. And he was also a good coordinator with this with 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 Bo. So I can't pass judgment yet, you know, on Pelini. He's got two wins. He was averaging at a C minus. C minus D plus after the Kent State game. And after these two games, his great point average in my opinion, has gone from a D-plus to a B-minus. The Akron game really boasted his confidence. Really boasted his confidence. The Central Michigan game was, you know, bumped it from a from the D-plus D to the C-C average, and then from C to B-minus now with the Akron game. So we'll see. As you're listening to all Andy Alford tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcasts Now, however you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning in. Let's dive a little bit more into the college football spectrum. Toledo finally gets bowl eligible and beats Kent State 56-34, to getting their sixth win overall. Peters, 11 for 14, 131, two TDs, no INTs in the game. Brian Kovacs, 17 touches for 192 yards, two TDs in the game. John Faye Johnson, one catch, 55 yards, one TD. Cody Thompson held to only 31 yards catching after 31 yards receiving after two completions. For Barrett for Kent State, he was 17 for 33, 198, one touchdown, one INT. Uh, Travis Shaw, 16 carries for 116, one TD in the game. Kerrigan, seven catches, 110 yards. One TD in the game. McFadden, two catches, 81 yards, no TDs in the game. Kent State had 23 first downs to Toledo's 21. Toledo was 8 for 15 on third down. Kent State, 6 for 17. 517 yards of total offense for the midnight blue and gold. Kent State, 40, 497 yards, 314 through the air, 183 on the ground for Kent State. Toledo had 384 yards through the air, 133 on the ground. Penalties killed the University of Toledo. 12 penalties for 140 yards. Kent State, 8 penalties for 69 yards. One turnover of the game. That was towards Kent State. So Toledo will play Friday afternoon as well. They play at noon. That game on ESPN3. They play Central Michigan. It's finally rivalry week for Michigan and Michigan for Michigan and Ohio State. This game. This game is possibly the second biggest game in the history of this rivalry because of the college football playoff situation. And we'll dive into a little bit more in this game later on this week. But first overall reaction is this. If I am an Ohio State fan... I'd be definitely worried about that Michigan defense and that Michigan offensive line and those receivers. 
Higdon's going to have a great game. Gentry's going to have a great game. But if I'm a Michigan fan, I'm worried about I'm worried about Dobbins and Dixon. Then I'm worried about Haskins. Dobbins had a tremendous game. Help Ohio State come from behind against Maryland. Against Maryland. Bear in mind you, Maryland gets beat two weeks ago. So Michigan State, 24-3. Okay? Tell me why Ohio State looked absolutely horrendous in the first half against Maryland, against Maryland, against Maryland, against Maryland. They beat Bowling Green. And I've seen Maryland all season. They've gotten better. But absolutely embarrassed to be behind. And then against a team that's under 500. Now, now I'll say this. Maryland's got some great players. McFarland is by far their best player. Helped that team out to get to where they were at on Saturday against Ohio State. 298 yards of total offense from this kid. Over 300 yards on the ground. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot have that. If you're an Ohio State fan, you cannot, absolutely cannot. But in the end, Maryland goes for two. Maryland goes for two and fails. And Ohio State gets the win. 52-51 in overtime. Haskins, 28 for 38, 405 yards, three TDs. In the game, one interception. He also ran the ball 15 times for 59 yards, three TDs. J.K. Dobbins, 37 touches for 203 yards, one TD in the game. McLernan, four catches, 118 yards, one TD in the game. Dixon, six catches, 102 yards, no TDs in the game. Picked in six for 13, 181, one TD, no INTs in the game. Like I said, McFarland, 21 touches. 298 yards, two TDs in the game. Jones, two catches, 68 yards. Damaris, one catch, 56 yards, no TDs in the game. Breakdown looks like this. Ohio State had 36 first downs to Maryland's 18. On third down, Ohio State was 9 for 15. Maryland, 4 for 13. Total yards, Ohio State had 688 yards of total offense. 405 through the air, 283 on the ground. Maryland, 535, 196 through the year, 339 on the ground. Penalties killed Ohio State, 10 penalties, 79 yards. Maryland, 9 penalties, 88 yards in the game. But Ohio State turned the ball over three times. You cannot have that, especially going into what this week is. And in my opinion, in my opinion, Ohio State was looking more towards this week than they were last week. It's a damn joke. Focus in on what's in front of you, boys. Focus in on what's in front of you. Because if you don't, this is what happens. And for me, when they were down in this game, I said to myself, next week is going to be a joke if they lose to Maryland. Because there is no way, no way, no way, no way that they could compete. Absolutely no way. And how good Michigan is this year. They're on this revenge tour, quote unquote. And they got a win against Indiana on their final senior day. As they beat Indiana 31 to 20. For Indiana, Ramsey, 16 for 35, 195, one touchdown, one INT. Scott, 30 carries for 164 yards, one TD in the game. Westbrook, four catches, 84 yards, no TDs. 
Timlin, six carries, six catches for 62 yards. Ramsey also carried the ball seven times for 51 yards. Don't tease the game. Shane Patterson, 16 for 28, 250, one touchdown, one INT in the game. He also ran the ball nine times for 68 yards, no TDs in the game. Higdon, 21 carries for 101 yards, one TD in the game. Guthrie, two catches, 83 yards, no TDs. Eubanks, one catch, 41 yards. Other scores from around college football this past week. Boise State, a winner, 45-14 over New Mexico. Alabama continues to roll. They were tied with Citadel at the half, 10-10, and they just put a shellacking in the second half as the Alabama Crimson Tide rolls on. Rolls 50-17 over the Citadel. Idaho loses to 13th-ranked Florida, 63-10. Kentucky, a winner, 34-23 over Middle Tennessee. It was the 21st-ranked Mississippi State Bulldogs, a winner, 52-6 over the Arkansas Razorbacks. Penn State gets the 20-7 win over Rutgers. Northwestern gets the 24-2014 win over the Row of the Boat Minnesota Golden Gophers. 19th-ranked Utah gets the win, 30-7 over Colorado. Utah State beats Colorado State, 29-24. How about the Shamrock game at Yankee Stadium? A great crowd on hand as Notre Dame pushes shellacking on former BGSU coach Dino Babers and the Syracuse Orange by a score of 36-3. Sets up their game against USC this week. It's a big game for Notre Dame. Florida State beats Boston College 22-21. West Virginia loses to Oklahoma State 45-41. Georgia a 66-27 win over UMass. Wisconsin, excuse me, Washington gets a win 42-23 over Oregon State. The Clemson Tigers get a 35-6 win over Duke. Louisville wins 42-10 over Rice. Oklahoma beats Kansas 55-40. It was the Texas Longhorns beating Matt Campbell and the Iowa State Hawks. Cyclones, excuse me, 24-10. Cincinnati loses to UCF 38-13 on the primetime stage. Washington State a winner 64, excuse me, 69-28 over Arizona. Michigan State loses to Nebraska 9-6. Iowa a winner 63-0 over Illinois. Wisconsin beats up on Purdue 47-44 in overtime. Ball State was a winner 42-41 over West Virginia. Buffalo loses to Ohio 52-17. So it sets up this week as Buffalo wins, they're in. They lose, Ohio wins, Ohio is in the MAC championship game. And Miami of Ohio beats NIU 13 to seven. We have two MAC games going on tonight. Of course, Ball State is at Miami of Ohio. I will take the Red Hawks in that game. And NIU is at Western Michigan. I will take NIU in that game. As you are listening to All Andy for tonight, and of course, the top 25 college football playoff rankings are have been announced. Nothing really changing on the top front of the, the bracket. Number one is still Alabama. Number two is Clemson. Three is Notre Dame. And four is Michigan. Number five is Oklahoma is Georgia, number six, Oklahoma, seven is LSU, eight is Washington State, ninth is UCF, tenth is Ohio State in that order, the notable teams, twelfth is Penn State, West Virginia now falls from nine to thirteenth, Texas now goes up to fourteen, Kentucky is now fifteenth, Washington is now sixteenth in the college football rankings top twenty-five as you seventeen sees Utah. 18 is Mississippi State. 19th is Northwestern. They'll be playing for the Big Ten Championship they win. After the Syracuse loss, they now fall to 20th. 21st ranked is Utah State, which is a pretty surprise by me. 21st, second sees Texas A&M. 23rd is Boise State at 9-2. 24 is Pitt- Pittsburgh at 7-4. And, and Matt Campbell and his Iowa State Cyclones are 25th. So good to see that happening. College football playoffs, this is a big week. This is rivalry week in college football. Looking so forward to this week. Lots of football, lots of turkey, lots of good times, and lots of fun times with family and friends. As you're listening to All Andy Offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcasts Now, however you're listening to me tonight, and wherever you're listening to me tonight, thank you for tuning in. And now let's dive into the NFL have to dive into the NFL. And how about the Lions? Unbelievable! 
And how about the Lions? Beating Carolina. Now you can say to yourself, you know, they were absolutely outplayed by this game. And they got lucky to win this game against Carolina. They did. They really did. Carolina marching down the field, winning the game late, taking the lead late, trying to go for the win instead of the extra point to force overtime, and they fail. And the Lions, in those ugly gray uniforms, get the win over Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers 20-19. Newton in the game, 25 for 37, 357, three touchdowns, one INT. They held him two yards on two attempts. Christian McCaffrey, 13 carries for 53 yards, no TDs in the game. He also caught the ball six times for 57 yards. More seven catches, 157, one TD. Samuel, five catches, 55 yards, one TD in the game. First Stafford in the game, 23 for 37, 220 through the air, one TD, no INTs in the game. He also ran the ball three times for six yards. Johnson, 15 carries for 87 yards, one TD in the game. Kevin, uh, Kenny Galloway, eight catches, 113 yards, one TD in the game. Ellington, six catches, 52 yards, no TDs in the game. The breakdown looks like this. Both teams had 21st downs in the game. Carolina 5 for 11 on third down. Detroit 4 for 12. Carolina had 387 yards of total offense to the Lions 309. 331 through the air, 56 on the ground. So they the run defense was there for Matt Patricia and his team. For the Lions, 215 yards through the air, 94 on the ground. As a total of 309 yards. Two penalties in the game. 15 yards for Carolina. One penalty. Five yards for the Lions. Carolina turned over the football one time in the sacks ratio. The Cam Newton was sacked three times for 26 yards. Stafford sacked one time for five yards. So the Lions getting a win. The Browns were on a bye last week. They will get ready to take on, get ready back into play this upcoming week. But other games happening in the NFL look like this. Green Bay loses in Seattle on Thursday night football. 27 to 24. It was Philadelphia. It was Pittsburgh. Philadelphia losing to New Orleans and getting spanked 48 to 7 in the game. Oakland was a winner 23-21 over Arizona, beating up on the Cardinals. Denver gets a surprise win over the first place Los Angeles Chargers, 23 to 21. Pittsburgh was a winner 20 to 16 over Jacksonville. And as they rallied back in the late stages of that game, it was also Houston a winner, 23-21 over the Washington Football Club. It was an interesting note to pass along. Alex Smith injured in the game, breaks his leg out for the rest of the year. Tough break for the kid. The G-Men get a win 38-35 over the Tampa Bay Bucks. Dallas a winner, 22-19 over Atlanta, Tennessee loses to Indianapolis 38-10. Baltimore gets a 24-21 win over Carolina. And the Bears. Bear down! 25-20 win over the Minnesota Vikings. And in my opinion, that puts the Bears in the driver's seat now for the NFC North. With their win against Detroit this upcoming Thursday... I think they'll win the division. I think they're going to win the division. But how about Monday Night Football? Patrick Mahomes versus Jared Goff. Kareem Hunt versus Ty Gurley. Kansas City versus L.A. That was one of the best football games I have seen in a long time. It was a tale of two games in my opinion. The referees had this game. Absolutely had this game from start to finish. Absolutely from start to finish. In the first half. In the second half, they put their whistles and flags away. And let the boys play. As it was the third highest scoring game in NFL history. With 105 points combined. As L.A. beats Kansas City 
54 to 51. So good games all around for that. So now we have the third three Thursday games, the Thanksgiving Day games. Here is the lineup for you folks. So plan accordingly. We've got two interesting games and one, oh, actually three interesting games. Okay. On CBS has the noon kickoff this year. CBS has the noon kickoff. It will be the Bears taking on the Lions. Noon kickoff, CBS. That's Tony Romo and Jim Nance on the call for that one. Troy Aikman and Joe Buck call a 4 o'clock, 4.30 game as it is the Washington Football Club heading into Dallas to take on the boys. The 8 o'clock game on NBC with Al and Chris, or Turkey Neck I call them. Atlanta goes into New Orleans to take on the Saints. Three good football games on Thursday. A lot of playoff implications, especially that Washington-Dallas game. Washington in front in the division right now. Dallas catching up from behind. And like I said, the Bears with a Bears win against Detroit, that gets them into the driver's seat and puts them more in the front to win the North. They have to beat Green Bay one more time. So you want my prediction for those games. Taking the Bears for the noon kickoff against the Lions. Due to the fact that the Lions, in my opinion, after their win against Chicago... After their win against Chicago, I mean, after the win against Carolina, excuse me, if they win the week before at home, the week of Thanksgiving, they're sure as hell going to lose. So I'm taking Chicago in that game. Washington and Dallas, I think Ezekiel Elliott will have a breakout game in this game. Uh, I think with the injury to Smith out, I like Dallas in this game. Atlanta and New Orleans. I will take New Orleans and Drew Brees in the game. So that is the three NFL games this upcoming Thursday. Like I said, all Andy Alford this upcoming Thursday is a taped edition of all Andy Alford. Since the BG game is happening Friday afternoon, we will tape Thursday's show for you guys. And you'll hear my predictions for all the NFL games as well as the rest of the college football games as well. As you're listening to all Andy Alford tonight right here, on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcasts Now, however you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the program. And now let's hit the ice. The Jackets are on a roll, but they ran into some Leafs last night. The Jackets continue their rolling ways and find themselves in first place in the Metropolitan Division. I said that right. First place. In the Metro. Let's break down the games. From this past week. For for the Jackets. It started Thursday at home. Against the Florida Panthers. And they just. They looked absolutely flat. The first 20 minutes. Down 2-0 against the Panthers. Rally back. Get three goals. Take the lead. And then Handel getting his fourth of the year. Making a 3-3 game. And then the scoring happened. Hannah Kynan, Duclair, Anderson, and Jenner in the open net. And the Jackets cruise to a 7-3 win over the Florida Panthers. Like I mentioned before, Cam Atkinson, his ninth. Brandon Dubitsky, his second. Pierre-Luc Dubois, his ninth. Marcus Hannah Kynan, his first. Andrew, um, Andrew Duclair, his eighth. Anderson, his eighth. Jenner, his ninth. Ekblad, his second. Brookstrand, his fourth. Handle his fourth. Shots on goal in the game. Florida led in the shots 43-37. to They led in the faceoff department 55% to Columbus's 45%. Florida 2-for-4 on the power play. Columbus 0-for-1. Columbus had 8 minutes in penalties. Florida 2 minutes in penalties. They were, Columbus out-hit Florida 15-12. So Jackets getting on to the winning page, continuing their run. They headed into Carolina for, another metro, for a Metropolitan Division matchup. And Cam Atkinson with the hat trick in the game. This kid is on fire, folks. If you have him in your fantasy league, which I'm trying to pick up from a trade. Come on, boy. Give me the trade. I asked for Atkinson and Dubois for Panarin and Saad. That is a great pickup. 
Atkinson, hat trick in the game. Warnski, his fourth of the season. Aho, his f- sixth of the season as the Jackets cruise to a 4-1 win over Carolina on Saturday night. The Jackets outshot by Carolina, 31-24. Carolina 54% on the faceoff dot to Columbus is 46. Columbus 1-for-5 on the power play. Carolina 0-for-3. Carolina 10 minutes in penalties. Columbus 6 minutes in penalties. They were outhit by the Hurricanes, 34-30. And then we get to last night. Literally, this was a tale of two games. Two games. The Jackets dominated the first 20 minutes against uh, against Toronto and the Leafs. Cam Atkinson, his 13th of the year. Pierre-Luc Dubois, his 10th of the season. It was 2-0. Then Tyler Ellis and Jonathan Tavares tie the game at 2. And then Zach Hyman. Puts it away with four minutes to go in the third period. And buries an empty netter as well. And the Leafs beat the Jackets. Beats Debbie's team and Cuz's team. Jackets lose to Toronto 4-2. to Columbus outshot Toronto in the game 39-26. Toronto led in the faceoff department 58% to 41%. Both teams did not have a penalty in the game. Toronto, Toronto was out hit by Columbus. 24 to 17. Jackets don't play again until Friday night as they take on the Leafs. Jackets take on the Leafs on Friday night at 200 West Nationwide Boulevard. And that'll be the next time they, these two teams play each other as the holiday happens on Thursday, of course. Uh, games last night in the NHL Winnipeg was a 163 over Vancouver. Calgary beating up on the Vegas Golden Knights 7 to 2. It was the New York Rangers, a winner 2-1 over the Dallas Stars. Buffalo wins in overtime over Pittsburgh, 5-4. Washington, a winner 5-4 over Montreal. Florida, 7. Ottawa, 5. It was the Kings, 2. St. Louis, nothing. And Nashville was a winner 3-2 over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Looking at the standings going into tonight's play, one game on the docket in the NHL. We'll talk about that here in just a second. The Atlantic Division Toronto leading the division at 15-6-0 with 30 points. Toronto 14-6-1 with 29 points. Buffalo 13-6-2 with 28 points in the Metro Division. Columbus in first place at 12-7-2 with 26 points. The Rangers right behind them at 11-8-2 with 24 points. Washington 10-7-3 with 23 points. Wildcard standings look like this. Montreal 11-6-4 with 26 points. Boston 11-6-3 with 25 points. Outside looking in, the Islanders are 10-7-2 with 22 points. Carolina 9-8-3 with 21 points. Ottawa 9-9-3 with 21 points. Philadelphia is 9-9-2 with 20 points. Detroit is 9-9-2 with 20 points as well. Florida is 8-7-3 with 19 points. The Devils at 8-9-2 with 18 points. And here is the shocking news to tell you this. The Pittsburgh Penguins are in dead last in the Eastern Conference at 7, 8, and 4 with 18 points. I said that right, Steve Pepperocki. Your Penguins are in dead last at 8, 7, and 4 with 18 points. I know it's we've hit the quarter mark of the season. We're playing 82 games. We've hit the quarter mark of the season. And you're in last place. Unbelievable. Western Conference looks like this. Nashville is in first place in the Central Division at 15-5-1 with 31 points. Winnipeg 12-5-2 with 26 points. Minnesota 12-7-2 with 26 points. Pacific Division sees the Flames at 12-8-1 with 25 points. San Jose 11-7-3 with 25 points. It's Vancouver at 10-11-2 with 22 points. Wildcard standings. It's Colorado at 10-6 and 4 with 24 points. Dallas 11-8 and 2 with 24 points. Chicago on the outside looking in at 8-8 and 5 with 21 points. The Ducks are 8-9 and 5 with 21 points. The Arizona Coyotes at 9-9 and 1 with 19 points. Edmonton is 10-9-10 and 1 with 19 points. Vegas 9-12 and 1 with 19 points. St. Louis 7-9 and 3 with 17 points. And LA is 7-12 and 1 with 15. Team points. Like I said, one game on the docket tonight in the NHL. Edmonton is at San Jose. 10-30 puck drop that game on NBCSN. As you're listening to All Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network. 
iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcasts Now. And you, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, what are you doing? Hit that subscribe button and pass the show along. We do shows every Tuesday and Friday, but this upcoming Friday show we're doing it on Thursday with a special Thanksgiving edition. So let's dive a little bit into a little East Coast hockey. Yes, I said East Coast hockey. Minor leagues. The Walleye continue their run. And now have won 10 straight. It should be 11 straight games. Because Thursday, this up past Thursday, the Walleye were scheduled to play a game against the Kalamazoo Wings, and the game was postponed. And I'll get to Andy Rance here in just a second. But Saturday night, the Fort Wayne Comets came into town on Mikey Ruzioni bobblehead night. First thousands at the door. Got a bobblehead. And the Walleye getting a 2-1 win over the game. Hensick his sixth. Wolf his fifth. Lad scoring his third of the season. Shots on goal in the game. Toledo had 26 shots on net to Fort Wayne's 20. Both teams over on the power play, so no chili in the game. Hafner, the former standout from Toledo, 24 for 26. Pat Nagel stopping 19 of 20. So tomorrow night, the Walleye continue their run. They'll go for 11 straight against the Indianapolis Fuel 705 puck drop for that game. You can listen to that game on 1230 WCWA. Friday's game is at home. Black Friday as they take on the Brampton Beast. That game is also going to be a Facebook Live game on the ECHL's page. So if you're in the market area, if you don't can't get tickets to the game, you don't have BCSN, watch it on Facebook Live. That'll be a great tool to pass along to you. Other news and notes worthy to pass along to you tonight as well. Uh, Joey Logano wins the Monster Energy Cup. Um if you know me, you know, I, I I was a big NASCAR fan back in the day. I loved Carl Edwards back in the day. My guy now is Martin Truex Jr. I like his. I like uh, the Bass Pro sh- number 78, the Furniture Road Cars Ball 2. Um, and I also like Kevin Harvick as well. Um, but I wanted Martin Truex to win that cup. I really did. He's a good guy. He's a clean guy. He's a down-to-earth racer. And to have him lose... To Logano and Team Penske just hurt. It hurt. It absolutely hurt. But, you know, we'll see what happens. See what happens. As we finish the NASCAR season at Homestead, so now they won't race again until February in the Daytona 500. And I want to make mention of this as well, too. WWE fans, yes. Survivor Series this past weekend was a dominating performance from Team Raw. So tonight we're going to see what happens as we take the show on Tuesday night with SmackDown to see what happens. So I'd like to see what the controversy is going to be with uh, AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan after what happened at the end of their match. also want to see what happens with Charlotte Flair and see what her response is to what Ronda Rousey said. And um, I'll also see what's happening with Becky Lynch. So let's dive into Andy Rance tonight, of course. Uh, first and foremost, before we begin tonight's show, is always sponsored by the Libby Factory Outlet. Setting your table right for more than 150 years. Libby's has so many nice glassware, glass items, of course. Beer glasses, uh, wine glasses, you name it. We have. We also have a lot of tumbler sets as well as serving sets. I know you guys are getting ready for your Thanksgiving dinner. We also have a website, retail.libby.com, and we ship anywhere across the United States. You can also call you can also call Debbie at her desk. The phone number is one four one nine two five four five zero zero nine to set a shipping price and also picking up an order as well. So the Libby Factory Outlet, they've set my table right for more than my lifetime. They can set yours in a better place as well as Thayer, Toyota, my friends over there, uh, after I purchased that beautiful, beautiful Buick Encore, you can call over Casey at Thayer Automotive. Remember, think Thayer in Bowling Green. So let's dive into Andy Rance tonight. First and foremost, before we begin, 
I want to say this. And I want to say this to the team. Why in God's name did we cancel a hockey game over a half an inch of snow? Please, somebody answer me that question. We have played in six inches of snow. We have played in freezing rain. We have played. It's not like we're playing outdoors. We're playing inside of a building. We're playing inside of a climate control building. And don't give me that lip. Please, please, please do not give me that lip that, you know, the the kids were not going to be there, so, you know, we decided to cancel the game. You played in smaller buildings with less crowds. You have played in smaller buildings with less crowds. Hell, you go to Kalamazoo every time and it's least than a thousand. To then say, well, we don't want to play in an empty building. What about the people that purchased tickets on the outside that wanted to go to the game? The thousand, the thousand to two thousand that purchased tickets that were not a part of the student section. That were not a part of the student section. Why in God's name did we cancel a hockey game over that? Napoli losing money, my ass. He can make it up. He can make it up. He'll probably make it up this week. I mean... Thank God, if you if you went to the game this past Saturday, I hope you didn't have any popcorn or hot dogs because they probably were stale. Because they were probably left over from Thursday's games. Plain and simple. So why, 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 why did we cancel a hockey game because of... I, I, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. But we'll see. We'll see what happens this upcoming week. As of course this week is Bird Week. Thanksgiving week. And I want to thank you. I am gratefully thankful for you the listeners that listen to this program. And to watch the program on every Friday. But this holiday means more to me than anything else. Um, this is a special holiday season. Especially for those that have loved ones that are in the military. And to those that are serving. Those who have served. And those that have made the ultimate sacrifice in our life. My life and our lives. To, become, to make me do what I do today. And this is the hardest time of the year for those people, those family members. It's hard because their families are far away. There's also, you know, loved ones that we miss that are passed on. The holidays are difficult. The holidays are very difficult for people. So reach out to those that, you know, are affected. And to reach out to those that, you know, that you know are struggling in the world. Reach out to those and give them give them a little love. Give a little be thankful for the family that you have. Be thankful for for what you have in this country. There's so many people that wish that they can get into this country and to reach their ultimate dreams. So I wish you a very happy Thanksgiving if you're not going to listen to the program on Thursday. I wish you a very happy holiday season this upcoming year. If you're the first time you're listening to it, definitely continue to listen to me. Pass the show on. If you're on the road this weekend, of course, be careful. You know, if you're make one of the 3.8 million people or the 38 million people, excuse me, that are traveling across the country to go to Thanksgiving to come home. Drive safely. And take me along with you. I can't can't wait. Can't wait for the turkey. Can't wait for 
the love and the passion and the companionship that we have. Football brings us together as family. Food brings us together as family. And this, this show is the reason why. That's going to wrap it up for all Andy Alford tonight. Thank you for tuning into the program. We'll be back on the air on Thursday for another edition of All Andy Alford, a special Thanksgiving edition. Until then, I'm Andy Alford. I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home, and to my teams, the Jackets. Go, Jackets! Go, Falcons! Get that win against Buffalo. Go, Buckeyes. Go, Lions. See if we can get that win against the Bears. But I doubt it. And go, Mark Truex. Victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great night, everybody, and a great holiday. I'll talk to you guys on Thursday for another edition of All Andy Alford. Love you. Talk to you then. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network. Powered by Anchor.